Welcome back to another episode of the Business of Cyber. This is your host, Joe Vink. On today's show, we have Michelle Romanino. Michelle is the Deputy CISO at Cambia Health Solutions, a member of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Association, headquartered in Portland. Prior to joining Cambia, Michelle held security and software engineering roles at companies like CoreLogic, Intuit, Sharp Healthcare, and Teradata. And during the interview today, Michelle talks about how he's helped establish a strong security culture that's embedded in the organization's decision-making processes, as well as some of the business opportunities that they're pursuing in light of the COVID-19 pandemic, and specifically how security is helping to pursue those opportunities. So really a great episode today with Michelle. Big thank you to him for joining. And we'll hand it over to Michelle Romanino, Deputy CISO at Cambia Health Solutions. Well, the party is off to a good start. Great. Well, as a way of uh, kicking us off, why don't you tell us um, a little bit about yourself and uh, how you ended up in your current role? Sure. So I'm uh, Michel Romanino. I am Deputy Chief Information Security Officer for a company called Cambia. And Cambia is uh, um, a combination of a health plan, right? So we provide health plans to employers. And we also have a, another part of the company that is more uh, focused on delivering almost consumer products, right? To help uh, um, individuals manage their own health. And so it's a, it's a great company, lots of innovation happening there. Um, uh, my background is, I, I like to say that I'm a recovering software engineer. So I spent lo lots of my career building information systems, became a, a chief architect and wanted to move away from what I would call the, uh, the Geek Olympics, which is you're, you're building all these complex systems and then you're trying to find a way to, to help organizations. So, and I thought my skill set and you know, my passion for, for security would be a great asset for, for companies out there and I could be much more uh, um, effective in what I do than just you know, building systems. Yeah. Sure, that's great. So I mean, as you um, sort of reflect on your career, right? From sort of software engineer to now recovering software engineer and deputy CISO at uh, you know, a large healthcare organization and health insurance provider like, uh, um, you know, like, uh, like Cambia. What do you think are some of the major maybe takeaways or lessons that you've had when you sort of reflect on your, your security career? So I, so I was a, you know, I'm an engineer and I, I've learned the hard way uh, through many, many mistakes that um, there is this great adage that says, um, build it alone, you'll go fast, build it together, you'll go far, right? And I think that's one of the main things that you learn in security, right? Which is security is not about, uh, you know, your leadership is important, right? But what you want to do is build a culture of security and basically bring lots of other stakeholders along. Explain it, just make a, make a good case for the risks that you're facing, uh, you know, help understand the organization, what decisions could be made, bring some, some ideas and, Essentially, um, uh, that's really kind of the, the key thing, I would say, in, in this role, right? Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know that's an area where, you know, a lot of security professionals sort of, um, you know, face some headwinds, right? They have come from maybe an engineering or just more technical background and understand that, 
um, you know, they need to have sort of that ingrained culture between the security team and you know, the broader peers throughout the business. But um, I mean, how do you think about sort of constructing that culture? Um, just because it can be so different compared to what a lot of security yeah. professionals have done in, in sort of their previous roles. Right. So I think the first thing is to have um, an idea of what the business is trying to do, right? If you understand where where the business is going, what, where they need to to be, I think you can adjust what needs to happen, right? And And by doing that, you are making yourself and the processes more easier to be... Um, adopted if you'd like, right? So you're not going to, so if, if this is something new and the company wants to really penetrate a certain market or something like that, you should be in a position where uh, you want to enable that level of risk, right? You want to allow the company to, to do that. And, and um, you know, there is a, a culture, maybe old school uh, that, uh, you know, CISOs are, you know, the, 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 uh, um, the team of no, or, or they always come with, you could do this, but, right? So I think um, that's one of the, the first things, right? Trying to align with where the business is trying to go. And, and then in terms of culture, I think um, the other thing that is important is to recognize the behaviors that you see, right? Um, security tends to be, or can be, a what's wrong and where is it wrong? And finding, you know, and, and nagging potentially, you know, people that, are not really meeting the standard that you think is where, where we need to be, right? As an organization or, or a particular project. So I actually like to think that it's kind of a balance. So when you see actually uh, great behaviors and, and actual uh, uh, people that go out of their way because they take it personally and they, they, you know, they, they embrace that sense of culture that you need to do anything you can to recognize those and take a step away. And, you know, cause it's not about, you know, what you do, it's about what the whole team does, right? So, um, I, you know, I'm I'm very much of the perspective that a lot of the investments that you make in people, right, pay off, right? So sometimes you need to be patient, but it also builds a sense of trust, right? If people know that you have their backs and, you know, when they do great work, they get, you know, the recognition that they deserve, they'll they'll come to you because they'll feel that, you know, you're there when, you know, situations are difficult. You have a lot of common sense, right, in how you approach things. And yeah. then, uh, you know, that's how you build that, this culture, right? I think it's, you know, as simple as that, maybe. Sure. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it's unfair of me to go off schedule so early in the conversation. But what you just said sparked a, a question and sort of a, a reversion back to a, a, another guest we had on recently. So we had uh, Joel Fulton on the show. Let's see. I think three episodes ago now, and he was the uh, was the CISO at Splunk and is is now running his own uh, software startup. But um, he made a point, and he said uh, he thinks at its core, right? He's never really had any technology problems. He's only had people problems. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious to kind of get your thoughts on that as as your sort of security leadership experience as well. Yeah, I, I think that's that's very true, right? I think um, the how you approach things and how you approach things differently with different people is also important, right? Um, you could come super prepared with all the data points that you, you've thought of and the person you're talking to is not really interested in looking at numbers, right? They, they, it's more uh, uh, kind of what, maybe what the team thinks or, or maybe what, 
what is potentially uh, uh, driving that particular person, right? So they may have an initiative. So you need to adjust the conversation, right? Yeah, so I think uh, it, there is a fine balance. I think there is always a technology aspect and sometimes you don't have the right technology f to secure things because it is a brand new technology. And as we know, when you know innovation occurs, security is not always there, right? So you're always yeah. kind of catching up on that, but uh, you can put together a process around that with, with, with people, right? And so the people problem, sometimes it, it's a matter of, uh, I think the, the key thing to me that I've learned is you don't want to be in a position where you are impeding somebody to achieve what they're trying to do that you know, and you should know this, right? It's something that the company needs to deliver. If you put yeah. yourself in that situation and you don't come up with ideas or ways to achieve that, right? I think that people, you know, issue gets into a lot of friction. Um, the other thing too that I maybe this is the engineering side, but I actually like a lot of friction when you come up with ideas, not in a you know mean or disrespectful way, but I like people to challenge. And I tell that often to the team, my team, right? I tell them, you know, this, you may not enjoy this because I'm, I'm your, your, your manager, but I encourage you to, you know, challenge what we do because, and this can happen also in, in, in normal business conversations, right? Because the best ideas are going to happen at that point. And if you have that friction at the beginning, and then you kind of, you know, commit on that and have every, everyone's back. I think that's when you end up with, you know, the best results. Because ultimately, if, if people don't buy in, then the people aspect will eventually fail, no matter what technology you use, right? For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's so important. Um, a question just sort of in that same vein. When you think about relationships and specifically cross-functional relationships um, and sort of managing those let's say security ambassadors or allies or, you know, peers throughout the organization who you know are going to be good representatives for your team. Um, how do you think about sort of establishing and maintaining uh, those sorts of relationships throughout your business? Yeah. So there are different models. And I think, you know, when you look at security, you, you could make this specific to different programs where you feel like, um, I mean, it's clear that security will never be big enough to deal with everything that, you know, comes your way. So you want to educate and provide the right, you know, processes so that they become your force multiplier, right? So examples of that in security, you see uh, a notion of security champions, right? So there are so many engineering teams in, a, in an organization that function a little bit differently. So you want to empower those, right? And give them the tools so they represent you and, 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 and you know, make the overall uh, success of, of your program because you're not going to be able to do it with just the resources that you have, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, of course, that makes sense. Um, one area I'm curious to get your perspective on, and you sort of alluded to this in your introduction, and I think it's one of the interesting things about Cambia specifically is that, um, you know, while it is, you know, of course, a health plan and sort of an insurance business at its core, there's also some digital products and some digital initiatives yeah. that are um, part of the just offerings and solution yeah. portfolio as well. So I'm curious to hear your sort of experiences on um, those maybe digital products and digital initiatives uh, and how you as a security sort of leader and within a security team have um, just sort of viewed those sorts of digital initiatives yeah. as your relationship with the business. Yeah. So one of the things that may not be obvious to uh, folks that are outside of healthcare is 
there is a, an ongoing revolution at the moment to free your data, right? So HIPAA back in the day was one of the, the key aspects of HIPAA was to enable you to have access to this data, but it used to be on paper, right? I mean, you would have to go to a doctor or they would fax you the information. I mean, maybe I'm old, but that, that used to happen, right? So uh, now what's happening is uh, there are actually, you know, the, the, uh, uh, the regulations have uh, are at the point where we're seeing that, you know, sharing your, your data has become, you know, uh, much more free. There is less regulations around that. And on the contrary, there, there are regulations that are going to force entities to open up their data and use APIs. So one example is a fire API. This is you know something that we're going to see more frequently. And what happens with that, now you have an ability through digital transformation to kind of piece together all the different um, uh, uh, stakeholders of, of healthcare, whether they're the payers, the providers, maybe the little boutique that you go to as your chiropractor. And if you can connect all that together into a, 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 an ecosystem, now you have the power to make decisions and have a, you know, a potential company like Cambia help you in your uh, um, decision-making, right? As to how do you want your healthcare to be uh, for you, very personalized, right? So digital transformation is a huge thing in, in the way we're seeing it because of the power of getting access to this data, you being in control, no matter potentially what, uh, who is your provider and, and, and giving you that, you know, that, that freedom. So uh, I, it's a super exciting time to be in, in healthcare just because of that. Right. Again, yeah. you know, five, 10 years ago, it was all, you know, maybe 15 years ago, it was all paper. Then hospitals started to use, you know, systems to manage electronic health records. And now it's on your mobile phone and you will soon be able to connect to whichever provider you want and they'll be you know essentially forced to give you that data right so. yeah that's that's so interesting yeah and, and i mean to dig into that a little bit if if i may i mean i i totally see the business opportunity right within that ecosystem and <clears throat> like you outlined it with the payer the provider and sort of local boutiques like a chiropractor or something like yeah. that right to truly give a digital first, unique and good customer experience for your end user. Um, I guess while you're pursuing that business opportunity, how do you balance pursuing it in a secure way um, that is also quick, right? Because that business opportunity won't be there forever, right? You want to take advantage of that yeah. sooner rather than yeah. later. Yeah. So one of the awesome things to me that COVID-19 has, has created is, um, the opportunity to move a lot faster, right? So COVID-19 is a, you know, a terrible uh, condition, right? It, it can, it's super contagious. And there was no time to think about uh, um, the old way of building systems, right? Um, we saw changes in, in regulations where telemedicine is becoming you know, a lot easier, right? With, you didn't need to use the same tools, right? As long as you don't use a public broadcasting kind of, you know, uh, um, technology, you are able to reach out to your doctor in very meaningful ways, right? So the same way uh, we were, you know, we at Cambia and I'm sure other entities were able to put together a COVID-19 symptom checker in just a few weeks, which is really unheard of because we are, you know, for the most part, we, you know, we are a, a really risk adverse entity, right? And we should be, right? We care about our members, right? And, and but sometimes we, 
we maybe we miss kind of what we're trying to do, right? I mean, saving lives, it's what we are here to do, you know, improving lives, right? And we have a, you know, Canby has a very strong, you know, mission we call our cause, and it really is to deliver the best thing we can for our members. So, so I'm seeing COVID-19 as a catalyst for innovation and acceleration, and I am hopeful that we will see that with more startups coming up with additional ways of providing healthcare, maybe in remote ways, the way, the same way we're talking today, right? But also, you know, unlocking this data and security can follow along. I mean, I don't, you know, this is not a, um, I, I think it's, with that will come additional investments and additional innovation in security, right? I'm not particularly concerned with that, yeah. Sure. Do you think that'll make it, easier for security, harder for the security team, just new challenges? How, how do you view sort of the modification, but strictly like within a security team with this new world? Yeah, so I think, you know, when when the data that, you know, uh, of our members in, is in our system, so we have lots of different ways to, you know, apply the right controls and we can, you know, have a, a, a really good, good solution, right? Around that and frameworks and tools, right? It becomes more interesting when, you are partnering with a, a, another entity that can provide, I, I see it as a life cycle, right? From the time you're born to the time when, you know, uh, you may have a condition where, you know, um, uh, uh, your healthcare is so so important, right? Um, yeah. There could be different, you know, small providers, right? And so we've done really well at identifying those and investing in those, right? So we have a, a, a great investment called Livongo that deals with, you know, uh, uh, diabetes, as a condition with you know your own device that can help you with that specific condition. So that is one element of the ecosystem, right? How do you make sure that um, they are of the same principles as you are in terms of keeping your data private, not sharing with third parties and right, making sure that it's the same level of security so that you don't build an ecosystem and a platform that then falls apart because you know the smaller you know entity out there, you know has a security incident and and destroys kind of the, the platform from a you know reputational perspective. So that's the area where we're you know we're, we're spending a lot of cycles understanding companies and you know building that ecosystem. Whether it's performing third-party assessments, you know assessing you know uh, uh, the security through certifications or looking at from the outside, you know, te- you know, technology is a beautiful thing, right? You can look at a company from the outside and get a sense of their security without even issuing a questionnaire, right? So we're using a lot of those to make sure that when we enter a relationship and, you know, some of the data that is, you know, is brought into the system um, is shared with those third parties that we have absolute confidence that, you know, that third party is doing the right thing. So, you know, that's one element. And then, in terms of innovation, I think uh, um, the you know the, the great thing now is, you know, healthcare used to be that uh, we didn't always use the best tools. We didn't really have the funding, or but now with the innovation that companies like Amazon and Google are bringing, right, it is actually very cost-effective to leverage those, right. So I, you know, having experience uh, working with tech companies, right, you know, very you know prestige companies, I think we we have been able to do an awesome job at bringing the right talent, building a solid platform that has security you know, embedded. And then this culture of security, that's when it comes so important, right? Because the, uh, you, know, you have a platform that you know, has the right technology, you have the right people, and then you bring those other entities that meet your standards, right? So. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's great. Well, um, I know we don't have a, a ton of time left, so we're, we're going to move into uh, the rapid fire round. Basically, okay. I, I asked you a quick, a quick question and uh, they're easy. Don't worry. Uh, and you just respond with whatever comes to mind. Sound good? Okay. Cool. 42. So, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's the third one. So um, first question, which book are you reading right now? So actually, uh, this is what I'm reading with, with the team, right? So it's kind of a, I don't like to read novels. I, I kind of, I, I don't follow. Oh, you can't really see it, right? So let me see. Yeah, the virtual backgrounds, if you don't mind right. just like announcing it. Yeah, so it's uh, Jack Jones, uh, uh, you know, measuring and managing information risk, right? So it's kind of the Bible of quantitative risk management, right? So, yeah. I, you know, one of the things we did with the team is we had a, 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 um, a book club. So, you know, again, bringing others together, right? And so every week we get together and then we read a chapter of the book. So well, that wasn't too quick. It wasn't a rapid response, but. <laughs> oh man, I'm sure the, the next will be more rapid. So right. um, next one. So when you reflect on your current role today, um, what's the biggest challenge that you face? Biggest challenge that I face? Um, I think there is always uh, too much to do, right? It's how do you manage? How do you prioritize? Uh, and sometimes it's a combination of uh, the teams are trying to use the latest tool, right? And um, I'm, I'm trying to look at what the business is trying to do because my role is more around governance and trying to, you know, manage risk, right? Sure. So it's managing that, you know, that uh, um, the, the resources that we have and deliver the best we can, you know, so just putting together new processes so we can squeeze every single, uh, uh, you know, optimize our team in the best possible way. Yeah. yeah that prioritization is so tricky yeah. sometimes oh, yeah. as you get more right. and more on the plate. So, yeah. All right. Last question. Um, if you could turn back uh, the hands of time and meet with your 20 year old self, uh, what advice would you give him? Oh, um, that was that was last week, right? Um, security <laughs> makes you age. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 21. Uh, let's see. Um, so I think patience, right? I think I'm I'm a fairly impatient person, right? I uh, just to enjoy a little bit more, kind of the journey, right? And, and yeah. you know, uh, kind of don't set the bar too high, right? Because it's you know you're, you're making yourself miserable through that. Yeah. So I think I could have learned that early on. Versus, right, having to, uh, you know, uh, uh, live through this, right? So, but yeah. yeah, patience, I think, yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Awesome. Well, um, Michelle, I really appreciate you taking the time and, and joining me today. So, uh, thanks for, for coming on. Great. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, yeah. Joe. awesome episode with Michelle today. It's a big thank you to him for joining. I loved hearing about how they're approaching these new business opportunities within the current macro environment and really how they've positioned security to enable these sorts of opportunities securely and in a timely manner. So big thank you for listening today. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to rate, subscribe, and you'll get notified of all new episodes.